Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Basketball teams are entering the final month of the regular season as they gear up for the playoffs. While some teams are locks to make the playoffs, others are still fighting for their opportunity to chase the Golden Trophy this summer. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting you in the center of all the action with a chance to turn $1 into $100. Turning $1 into $100 is simple, boys and girls. Just pick any basketball team to win their next game, and if during that game the team of your choosing hits a three, you can bring home $100 in free bets. That's 100 to 1 odds on a team of your choosing to hit a three. They don't even need to win the game. This year, teams have been hitting threes at unprecedented paces, so get in on all the action with DraftKings Sportsbook before this offer ends. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Downloaded the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now by using promo code THPN. When you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free bets, if the basketball team of your choosing hits a three, that's code THPN to turn $1 into $100 in free bets for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Hockey fights, lifestyle, and tales from a first-round draft bust? We have it all and more on the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team in the NHL. This is the Grit and Barrett Podcast, a podcast devoted to the 11-time Carter Cup champion, the Hershey Bears. We talk Hershey Bears, the American Hockey League, and all the hockey news that matters to me. This is high energy, unfiltered, and at times unfocused hockey talk from a hack. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to the Grit and Barrett podcast, ladies and gentlemen, for the week of April 19th, 2021. Hello, my name is Richard Blosser, welcoming you to this podcast about the 11-time Carter Cup champion Hershey Bears. I'm just your hack with a microphone and a big imagination. Welcome, welcome. So this past week with the Bears was supposed to be another three-game week with the rarity in this shortened season of a Wednesday night home game. Now, for a lot of you uh, newbies listening on on this podcast, Wednesday night Hershey Bears games always have a real blue-collar feel to them. I mean, it's, it's a cheap excuse to go out on a Wednesday night, to go out with your boys, have a beer after week, and then off to the hockey rink for some hockey. I mean, back in the day, Wednesday night games were a a thing. 
And when we get back to a regular season, everyone, there will be more of these, I assure you. And it always seems like always the blue-collar faithful of the Hershey Bears come out to these games when they're able to. So a Wednesday night game during in the middle of a pandemic, as everybody on Twitter likes to say, seemed a bit odd, but it's the Phantoms. Phantoms have Wednesday night home games, so yeah. Let's try it. Let's see who shows up. Herco's got to get some of that sweet, sweet money back anyway. But of course, Corona Chun strikes again. The Phantoms announced earlier in the week that that they will not be participating in the Bears Wednesday night home game. It has been postponed. Lovely. In a double whammy, it was also announced that the Sunday road game at Lehigh was also postponed canceled out an abundance of caution meaning it will be nearly two weeks since the phantoms had a game lovely and like i said last week we've been pretty fortunate as of recently i mean at least not the bears themselves haven't had to deal with corona i mean binghamton went through it and it's working its way through the phantoms as well so it's just one of the things you got to deal with. And I heard it from Bears Nation. Cancel the season. It's meaningless. And as me and a buddy talked on uh, on Sunday afternoon when we went to the Devils game, and we will get to that here in a little bit, he was a friend of mine that hadn't gone to a game all season and went once out of support for the boys here, which I encouraged, and the way that he described it as we were walking around Hershey Park on Saturday was that just go. Not like, you know, go and enjoy yourself, but just go and support the boys. It's, they know that you're there, and they like having the fans there. Is it 6,000 drunken, mad fans screaming crap? No. No, it's not. But that little bit, the players know, and they appreciate it. I know they do. And just go to see what it's like. If you go and you don't like it, it's not the experience that you know, okay, fine. We'll shake hands, and I'll see you in October. Can we still shake hands? Okay, virtually shake hands. Let's just put it that way. But you know what I mean. Just find a way to go, Bears Nation. Just go and test it out. I know the masks, the distancing, the PSAs, the the classic footage and all that, which I don't know how classic it is when you don't run a clip before 2015. <clears throat> but still, a chance to go to a Phantoms games, which are still energetic. Wilkes-Barre games have been fun and a bit chippy. So I'm saying this, and this will probably be the only time I do this, to Bears Nation that listen to this, if you can, if you're able to, and spend a little bit of money, just go to one game. Just just one of the ones that's left if you are able to. If you do not feel safe and much rather stay at home and watch on the local Fox 43 here, or you have free AHL TV and want to watch that way, good on you. I get it. But assess the risks, as we all do in life, and see if it's worth it for you. And if you feel that it is, go for it. And if it's not something you enjoy, then again, 
virtually shake hands, and we will be on our way. All right, let's get into the game's action. The boys were at it on a Saturday afternoon. One o'clock start. I am getting so tired of these on a Saturday. And now, having to go to one of these Saturday one o'clock games, I can now officially say I will never do this again. It's Saturday. It's the one day I get to goof off on my own time. Why am I waking up early to go to a hockey game, a one o'clock hockey game on a Saturday? Could I do a three o'clock start in Providence if this was a road game? Yeah, I wouldn't like it, but we do it. What, what about a three o'clock Bridgeport game on the road? No, no. Screw you, Bridgeport. No. But it's just... For me, since I'm not a morning person, I will gladly admit that. This just doesn't work for me. I mean, it's I mean, I can what I can stay at home and watch this a lot easier because I can get up, do some things around the house, put the game on at one o'clock, and go at it. I can already hear Boston Bruins fans going going, Ah yeah, you soft PA guy. We do it all the time. One o'clock Celtics, seven o'clock. Celtics. That's always how it's been here. Flyers fans are probably rolling their eyes at me because they do the same thing. 1 o'clock Flyers, 7 o'clock Sixers. Sorry. This market out here just ain't used to it. And it's just not it's just not my my cup of vodka. Sorry. But Bears versus Binghamton Devils with some delicious Binghamton news coming down the pipeline, but we'll get to that in a little bit. So the Bears go at it early, and it's your goaltenders are Sen and Copley, ladies and gentlemen. And of course, the Bears chalk in their chocolate, Binghamton in their whites, and the boys come out flying early. And I think they've they've had a way to get past this Binghamton team that loves to clog the neutral zone. Two words: cherry picking. What do they do? Instead of trying to go through three or four players in the middle, they just lob it and let the speed do the rest. If it turns into an icing, fine. Not a lot of energy is wasted. If our, if their guys get to it, fine. If ours get to it, even better. It just seemed a lot of lob and stretch passes as a way of trying to either thread the needle through the neutral zone or just go up and over the neutral zone, and it created some odd man rushes. It was working, but the Devils, as they like to do, hard forechecking, Two guys down low, pressuring defensemen, and Reese Wilcox throws it out to in front to number 18, which unfortunately number 18 plays for the Devils. Copley, oh crap, I got a scramble shot, scores. Bad backhanded pass from Reese Wilcox out of the corner, goes right to a devil in the circles and just puts it right past Copley, and it's one nothing Devils. My goodness, that was a rough, rough turnover, but... The boys start getting their speed game going. Again, lob passes through the neutral zone. Bank passes to, to use speed to get past this clogging of the neutral zone. I mean, the, they can't get the puck away from you if they can't catch you. And in come, comes Protoss. Coming in. He's got Leeson with him. Throws it across. Leeson tipped in. Scores! Big, beefy Brett Leeson with the tip in. And you know what? And I've said this on the Caps Chirps podcast for all Capitals Nation. Watch this guy. He could be the theoretical successor to bit to to Lars Zeller. Blasphemy, I know, but this big beefy boy 
last year was almost non-existent in terms of scoring production. But this year, he's putting up points, mostly against the Devils. But, you know, it's showing improvement. It's showing development. And this is what you want in this type of season. So, the boys get get out of the first as we are tied at 1-1. Beginning of the second, the Devils come out flying, just throwing shots in on Copley. And there's a, there's a good offensive surge they have just throwing shots on in Copley can't get it Bears can't clear it and they just work it around the net mouth crossing feed to number 62 that's Martell he scores and just does the kneel fist pumping all fired up what a prick he did that in Lehigh and Syracuse what a prick 2-1 Binghamton woof and suddenly things Things got a little out of hand. As after a whistle, there's a bit of a, a bit of a scrum that builds up, builds up. That as Danik Martell and Shane Gersert start going after each other, just pushing, pushing, gloves off, bam, bam, throwing fists. A nice brouhaha going at it, and Martell falls on top of Gersuch. Okay, fine. Martell still swinging, hitting away at him while the man's down. Hey, 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 get off of him. Three, four, five extra shots while Gersuch is down while the refs pull them apart. No. As Gersuch and Martell go to the penalty box, Martell just plays it up to the crowd. Turns back and starts chirping at somebody 12 rows up because of, hey, COVID. Crowd boos him like the professional wrestling heel that he is. The Devils get an extra two minutes on it because of instigation or roughing. Actually, it was four minutes for roughing. My bad. And the Bears get a power play out of it. Now, as me and a buddy kind of discussed, if you're down and still wailing on a guy, with extra punches. Now, if you fall down, get one extra shot, and the ref pulls you apart. Okay, fine. I, I'm not going to get a big deal about that. But when you're on top of a guy, and the ref's trying to get over to you, and you just bam, bam, th- keep throwing shots in, that isn't heat of the moment. You know what you're doing. And that should be a 10. That that should be a misconduct. Get out of here. Again, I'm all for fights, but when the fight's done, it's done. Go Go to your rooms. No ex, nothing extra. So then we get we get a power play out of it. Nothing comes of it because, of course, later on in the period, the Bears start pressuring the Devils a little bit more, and a nice crossing feed over. Oh look, there, Shane Gersich kneeling one timer scores. Does the kneeling scoop of the ice? <laughs> it's funny because that's what Danik Martell did. It's funny, and as he skates over to the bench. As Kramer would say, there was an incident. Because you're not going to see this on any Bears highlights. This is conveniently scrubbed. So what happens is that Gersich goes over, skates over to the line for the, you know, the usual uh, bumps after after the goal scored. As he's skating over, near the blue line comes a Binghamton Devil. Now, he kind of brushes the guy off and skates over to the bench like get out of my way and just goes over to the bench now what you would normally do is just skate aside skate over bam 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 get your fist bumps and move on he shoved him in comes more devils and away we go 
Uh, goal still counted, though, but Gersich causing trouble, and this all stemmed from earlier in the season when the Bears blew out Binghamton. Gersich threw a little extra hard hit late in the game, and ever since then, it seems like the Devils have kind of had it out for him. And this doesn't help. This does not help at all. Later into the third, a rush come, comes up the ice as Brian, Brian Pinho leading a nice three-on-two. Looks, aims, fires, power shot, scores! Beats in top corner. Just picks the corner and grips it and rips it. And the Bears, for the first time all day, are in the lead. 3-2 Hershey. And Sen just looks to the heavens up above. And, you know, I'm not going to blame the goalie on that one. That's just a really nice corner pick. Or, as my friends in the UK say, noise. It was just a noise shot. It really was. It really was. Picks the corner, beats him. So it's 3-2 Hershey. Getting late in the period. One minute left in the period, as my buddy Jared Ronsky would say Fiviari leads a rut leads a rush on the ice see some guys open just th- from the goal line near the far boards just a nice little crossing feed goes in front and oh my lord it's in it's in oh my goodness a low centering feed catches sends pads goes right between his legs and into the net and the goalie is toast four to Hershey with a minute to go in the third and my friends you can tell that Sen should have had that I mean to get beaten by Pinho on a nice power shot top corner fine that's one thing but to give up a weak goal like that with less than a minute to go if the roles had been reversed and me and the buddies were up in 217 we would have looked at each other and went ball game Binghamton's got this so at the end of the second, you can tell Binghamton's pissed. They just do a long dump in. Time's winding down. couple seconds left. Copley has it, freezes it as time runs out. Devil skates by, pokes at his glove. And all right, here we go again. couple bears come in, start shoving them. Another devil comes through and just does a nice slash on the pads on Copley. And Copley looks at you, looks at him and goes, that's it. You want to go? Come on. Bam, bam, and just starts wailing away on A.J. Greer. My goodness. Copley will throw. I've seen this. Ask Bridgeport. He will go and just starts wailing on A.J. Greer, who immediately regrets his life decisions. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Sen skates over at center ice. Is like, uh, can I play? Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Uh, they're not paying attention to me. I'm just going to go to the locker room. And he does. I'm not sure if he asked, can I play or just said, F this. I'm off to the locker room. So we get some penalties out of this. And the and we head to the third as Binghamton, they're just crumbling. Delay of game penalty and then a hook. The hook is the crook. And the Bears get a four on three. Four on three. They get possession. Bring it in. 
up to the high slot. Cameron Schilling, power shot, scores! Cameron Schilling, five on three, power play goal. It's 5-2 Hershey, and the boat race is on. And wow, for this team to, I wouldn't say they were down and out or anything, but to have them just work back from like 2-1 and just not only put the goals on, but to win the fight as well. Great job out of the boys. They just, they kill the clock. Binghamton is all but given up at this point. You can see it's dumpins, long, lazy shots. They're winding down the clock. They know it's over. And Binghamton does get another goal to make it 5-3. Woo! But Brian Pinhell gets an empty netter to make it 6-3. Go warm up the bus. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, bingo, as John Walton would say. And the Bears win their fourth in a row. 6-3 the final as the Bears get their fourth straight win in a row. Nice job out of the guys to get their to get this win over Binghamton, especially for having an entire freaking week off. And we can only hope, I mean, we really hope, that we're going to get more out of the boys this upcoming week because it gets hard to do these podcasts when you only got one game a week and not much news breaks, or does it? We'll be right back to follow up on that. What is up, Devils fans? It's your boy, Neil Piano. Make sure you check out the Devils State of Mind podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. From Taylor Ham or Pork Roll to how much we hate the Rangers, we got you covered. New episodes every Monday, wherever you listen to podcasts or on the Hockey Podcast Network website. And always remember to rock on. Woo! And we're back here on the Grit and Barrett podcast, ladies and gentlemen. You know, this past week, as we were hitting Friday, it was a rather slow news week with having two games postponed. And I'm looking over hockey Twitter to find if there's anything really in the AHL world, at least pertain to the Hershey Bears, that I can really do. It's a slow news week. It happens. And I'm kind of dreading having to do this show a little bit just because it's fun when you have fun and exciting content. There's a lot of games and new jerseys and all sorts of stuff. But then there are some weeks where it's just not there. And I realize that I'm going to have to talk about COVID and how the Bears are going to bring back attendance next year. And this is I I don't want to talk about attendance issues. You guys don't want to hear about that. I mean, we eventually will get there, but I really don't want to talk about it. It's just, oh man, this is going to be an awkward week to do a show. But then, on a Friday afternoon news dump, the hockey gods blessed me with a sports buffalo that died right on the road. The hockey gods have blessed me. Ah! So this dropped on a Friday afternoon news dump. Now, what is a Friday afternoon news dump? It was a coin, a term, a term, I can talk, a term coined by the late Rush Limbaugh as news you dump on a late Friday afternoon that you know isn't going to be seen by a lot of people unless you're a hardcore news junkie and who isn't in this pandemic. You dump news on a Friday afternoon because 
Friday afternoon's happy hour. Everybody's going out to Woik or or done with Woik. They're going somewhere. Second shift people are wrapping up. Third shift people have already started their weekend. Friday afternoons, nobody cares about the news. Heck, not even the news people care about Friday afternoon news dump. So in theory, if there's a story that you want to put out that you don't want to gain a lot of attention, just do a Friday afternoon news dump. But this dropped on a Friday afternoon, and I was very surprised. From, uh, from on Twitter, that there was a dispute between the New Jersey Devils and Binghamton Devils management about the team's future in Binghamton. Arena management was notified this week of a dispute between the Binghamton Devils and local ownership group and the New New Jersey Devils regarding the placement of their affiliate in Binghamton. As a third party to the agreement between the two private businesses, we do not have any further details to announce. The arena in Binghamton has been home to hockey for 50 years, and our facility stands ready for professional hockey moving forward. Hmm. Binghamton relocation rumors. The hockey world is truly healing. Okay, okay, this is typical fanfare for an American Hockey League season. Rumors and innuendo of a team moving. This is nothing new. However, a picture was posted a few minutes later of a patent that was put out. The patent for the trademark of Utica Devils. Hmm. Oh, boy. And for all sorts of stuff, posters, decal, trading cards, paper signs, Event admission tickets, calendars, paper mats, t-shirts, fleeces, jerseys, hats, caps being headwear, etc., etc. Well, Binghamton move, the Devils are moving out of Binghamton? The Utica Devils are coming back? What about the Utica Comets? What does this mean? Okay, I've dealt with stuff like this before. There's a bunch of talk. There's a bunch of threatening. This is, this is all threatening. Nothing's going to come of it. It won't. It won't. This is not how things like this happen. Well, thanks to Nicole Manor on Twitter and a bunch of other Binghamton uh, papers were picking this up. Headline says it all, ladies and gentlemen, to quote Steve Zabin. The New Jersey Devils inform Binghamton ownership AHL team will be relocated. From WBNG in Binghamton, Binghamton Devils Executive Vice President of Operations, there's a mouthful, Tom Mitchell says the New Jersey Devils informed them earlier in the week the team will be relocated. He said he received the reform formal notice Wednesday. This is devastating news to us and the community. The demands the New Jersey Devils were putting on us were absolutely impossible and we could not comply with them. So it looks like we are going to be parting ways and just moving on. Mitchell did not get into the details of the demands made by the Devils. He said there's no indication of the B-Devils moving prior to this week and added the Devils did not tell him where they are planning on moving the team, although we saw the trademark for the Utica Devils. Mitchell is looking into all options ahead of next season, and Mitchell said he was surprised to see the trademark filed for the Utica Devils by the Utica Comets president, Robert Eskew. Ooh! So the Comets president threw out the patent. Interesting. We are unaware of any th- of anything, and somebody saw it and informed us, and that's how we found out. Whew. 
Mitchell said the communication between Binghamton ownership and the Devils has been limited throughout the process. The current agreement between the Devils and Binghamton ownership is for five years with the agreement ending the following 2021-2022 season, but they did not provide a a comment as of this time. Oh boy, the Binghamton Devils are going to be losing the Devils affiliate. Now, I've heard that they are losing it at the end of this current crop of season, like they're not going back from Newark to Binghamton. Now, what this looks like is that they could move after the end of the 2021-2022 season, but that might end sooner rather than later. And that brings into play the Utica Comets, the Vancouver Canucks affiliate. It gives them a cheap excuse to have them move to Canada because, look, having a USA-Canada um, interchangeable team even under a normal normal year is very hard to do. It's even worse when they're freaking cross-country in Utica, New York, and Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Because I've been up to Adirondack Bank Arena, the ABC they call it. There ain't no Vancouver Canucks fans up there unless it's a guy that's come up through their system. And that's a rarity. There's a ton of Utica Comets jerseys. I don't see a lot of Vancouver Canucks jerseys out there. Now, fair play, you don't see a lot of Capitals jerseys in in Hershey, but you know what I mean. And other teams had problems with this, like the Wooster Sharks. Who's going to be a Sharks fan in Western Massachusetts? Now, they could move them out to Abbotsford, who's had an AHL team before. They were the Abbotsford Heat in 2010. That didn't work out because you're the one sole Western Canadian team when, when the only Westernmost team at the time was Cedar Park, Texas. Now you've got five or six teams out there in the West. You've got five teams in California. Actually, to be six in about a year or so when the Seattle Kraken get up and, get up and running... So, the Utica Comets could be on the move and become the Utica Devils once again. They were a thing back in the 1980s. Yep, they operated for six years there in Utica from 1987 to 1993. uh, Utica Memorial Auditorium, that's now currently known as Adirondack Bank Center because it had a ton of money pumped into it. So, that also means, well, could Binghamton get another team? Should they get another team? The answer is yes and yes. The only other team it seems right now that could move is the Hartford Wolfpack. That's, yeah, where the Whalers used to play. Yep. It's a nice arena, but I'm sorry. I'd much rather see them move. That's my own personal opinion. Their contract with the city and the Rangers are year to year, so they could get out if need be. The Vancouver Canucks and the Utica Comets deal lasts all the way to the 2023-2024 season, but there is a opt-out after the end of this season. So, in theory, there's your back door. So, what does all this mean, ladies and gentlemen? I know I just threw a lot at everyone. This means that either at the end of this mutant season or at the end of the 2022 season, 2021-2022 season, The Binghamton Devils will be no more because New Jersey will be moving them to Utica, New York. The Comets could be up and moving with their opt-out, and Hartford 
and I'm just spitballing, they could move right in. There is a real possibility that no team could move in, and the Binghamton market is just done with the American Hockey League in general, which is, to me, in my opinion, a goddamn shame. That arena is absolutely spectacular. It is a passionate fan base, and there's no reason why there shouldn't be AHL hockey up up there. Ask any Bears fans. We love going to Binghamton, whether it's the Devils, the Senators, or whatever, whatever they call themselves, the Broom Dusters, the Binghamton Whalers. That was a thing. And we love going up there. We absolutely do. And the Devils have always had a a tricky history with whatever affiliate they've had. I mean, yeah, sure, they had the Utica Devils from 87 to 83. I tried looking up who else they had, but uh, Wikipedia here only has them back through um, 98, which 98, they were the low lock monsters. They did a split affiliate with the Carolina Hurricanes. Then became their own one as the Lowell Devils through 2006 to 2010, which failed miserably because Lowell is a uh, college hockey town above all else and just couldn't support the team. They moved over to Albany, became the Albany Devils through 2010 through 2017, but the Times Union Center is a dump, didn't draw very well. They drew consistently under three grand Per game, 2,888 for dead last before they moved to Binghamton in 2017. So, Joyzy, not the best track record when it comes to their their affiliate. And we can only hope that Binghamton continues on and finds a way to bring American Hockey League hockey to the Veterans Memorial Coliseum. Well, can't they just move an ECHL team there? It wouldn't be the same. American Hockey League's been there for over 50 years. You need a, you need an AHL team there. Now, as we were talking about, what were some of these demands that the New Jersey Devils were trying to bring on this team? And through a contact of mine, I was able to learn, and whether this is true or not, I'm not 100% sure, but the Devils wanted New Jersey wanted the Devils to pay up all of their agreement from last year and the and this year. For this year, the 2021 season, they wanted their money. Binghamton said, no, we haven't been in operation all year. We don't have anything to really give you. You've played everything in Newark, and you still expect us to pay for rent? No, we'll get back to you when we start up in October, so no. And New Jersey went, oh, you want to play hardball like that? Okay, we'll go somewhere else. And that's look like look like that might be the case. Trying to get money out of them, trying to get blood from turnip, as Confucius once said. And it just if that's true, it's a you know what of a move by the devil's management. So tough times up in Binghamton, as it looks like the Binghamton Devils are going to be no more, possibly as soon as the end of May. And that's a damn shame because the Devils organization at least this 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 group of prospects have been looking half decent they, because they've been playing a lot of really good teams. I think they're a good, bad team, but just a damn shame this has to happen to the city of Binghamton. 20 seconds left. And that'll do it for the Grit and Barrett podcast this week. Like I said, 
a little lean because we only had one game to deal with this season, but that Binghamton news, well, really helped fill things out for the week. Just some quick standing stuff as the Bears sit second in this North division with 32 points, but they've played more games. Lehigh has had three or four games suspended because of, you know, the whole COVID thing. Utica got back up and running. They're sitting at 17 points at 8-5-1, and 8-5-0-1. Syracuse is sitting in fourth at 11 8-1 with 23 points. Rochester in fifth, 8-8-2-1 with 19 points. Wilkes-Barre 7-10-3-2 for 19 points. And Binghamton at 5-10-5-1. How'd they ever win five? It's a miracle. Um, the Atlantic, uh, Providence still rules the roost out there. And up in Canada, tip of the cap to all, everybody up there in Canada, it's Laval, Manitoba, Toronto, Belleville, and Stockton, who Stockton just recently wrapped up the home portion of their schedule as they've been sharing with Big Brother up there in Calgary. So the Bears, as of right now, only have 14 games left as we head down the home stretch of this mutant hybrid of a season. As I said earlier in the podcast, check it out if you want to. Just go out and support the boys just once this season. If you don't want to stick around, fine. We'll see you in October. But for everyone else... Here's hoping we get more Bears hockey this week. Thank you for your time, listens, and downloads, everyone. I truly appreciate it. Let's keep this thing going here on the Hockey Podcast Network as we are a month out from the NHL playoffs. So a bit of a programming note. Uh, Once the Bears season does end, whenever it is, we're going to pivot to the Washington Capitals playoff pursuits. We're going to do a bit more Capitals and NHL playoff focused. I'm hoping to get a spinoff series going moving forward called Game Over, which is where we look at all 31 teams as they are eliminated. I got some logistics stuff to work out, but I'm hoping this will be a fun little side project for all of us. So thank you, everyone. We'll catch you next time. And remember, go Bears. That's the end of the game. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.